Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages. Yeah. C'est la vie, les petits mia. That's what I've got. Cool, because this episode is about boomsticks. We're talking about the best, the brightest, the thing that took us out of the dark ages. That's right. Gunpowder and tubes that throw it out one side. <laughs> Someone's had his coffee. Yeah. He's excited. <laughs> I'm just going to let him roll with it. <laughs> Snorting up that uh, gunpowder? Yeah. Oh, bet. <laughs> Snort the gunpowder. Let your enemies know that you're locked and loaded, ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> the only time the French really mattered was when they had a whole bunch of cannons at their back. <sighs> you. What? You know, great you, you realize the only reason you could say that is because of the French Navy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just saying. I know that's when they were at their best. Mm-hmm. And then a whole bunch of shit went wrong, and now they're being beheaded in their own country. But enough about knives. Let's talk about guns in gaming. What are some good systems? What are some bad ones? Because oh my god, I've heard some of the shit from like 40k. Not digging it. The Murica episode. <laughs> Freedom sticks. Freedom sticks for everybody. Oh goodness! Don't forget to load your clipazine. <laughs> I would have to say, starting off, because it has been a tradition. I tradition. dare say tradition. that people have been trying to introduce guns into Dungeons and Dragons for gods ever, ever, forever. Yep, and, a lot of five ever. Uh, yeah, it's really a lack of pun intended here. A game changer to introduce one person with a goddamn flintlock into the freaking game. It changes everything. It changes else. everything. And even Pathfinder, when they went with gunslingers, changed the entire way the combat fucking works. And of course, they had to make the stupid ass rule that it hits touch AC no matter what. Mm-hmm. Which, yes, I can understand the reasoning behind that, obviously, because guns kind of made medieval armor a little bit irrelevant. Hell, the crossbow started that trend, and gunpowder just made it better. Gunpowder did make it better. Gunpowder makes a lot of things better, especially my steak. The longbow was the great equalizer. Then it was crossbows, now it's guns. God didn't make men equal. Uh, Mr. Colt did. Mm -hmm. Meet my friends, Mr. Smith and Mr. Wesson. Uh, As far as fantasy roleplay goes, I think guns, personally, this is my opinion, so it's irrelevant as shit, guns should not be in a fantasy setting. Gunslingers should not be in a fantasy setting. Blunderbusses should not be in a fantasy setting. No, no, and fuck no. I'll take fireworks, but drop the gun. Fireworks is fireworks a sketchy makes license. Sense because most of them are used for celebration, and the fact that adventurers are murderous and find, oh, hey, that little dragon one goes really hot. 
Let's aim it at the, at the bad guys. Yeah, just leave it to player characters to find out the most tactically effective way to use non-tactical items. <laughs> Fireworks and entangle, baby. Yep. It's a fun time. <laughs> it is a fun time. However, my biggest gripe about guns in role-playing is they're not deadly enough. All right, so let, let's take a baseline. Cold shot head. You did eight points of damage. Your opponent looks at you like you've just insulted his mother. No. The, guns are the end-all, be-all of quick lethality. Mm -hmm. If you introduce a gun into a role-playing game, unless the armor and the system is made to withstand it, so you're doing like a sci-fi game and you're dealing with like nano-carbon tube fiber filament fuck-it-all space marine shit, and you can take a few hits before something punches through your armor, fine, great, that's wonderful. The setting and the system and everything was designed for it from the get-go. Mm -hmm. However, in a modern setting, um, post-apocalyptic setting, where armor isn't made to deflect things like a 50 cal BMG to the fucking face, I would have to say guns should do a massive amount of more damage. They should be scary as shit. If somebody pulls a gun on your player character in a game, it should be just like real life where you put your hands in the air and you're like, oh god. Right. I personally stared down a gun. That makes it very viable that I know what it looks like to be on the wrong end of a pistol. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Because I know in real life that's not going to do 1d10 damage. It's going to wreck your day. It is going to wreck my shit. Which is why, in my personal opinion, it would make sense for them to do ungodly amounts of damage. But to be super finicky to hit with. Because yeah. seriously, think think about it. We, we've all fired a, a gun in real life. Yeah. Aiming is a thing you got to learn you got to practice. Yeah, aiming and uh, accurately firing and, and getting within that five-inch uh, circle of what you're trying to hit is actually really finicky as fuck. I mean, like, uh, it took me an entire summer before I was really accurate with that little 22 plinker I was playing around with as a kid but even right now you know getting a good grouping uh, is not that easy especially you know given that if you're picking up a weapon that has an unfamiliar uh, setup to it because firing my personal artillery right now using iron sights versus the hollow sight is vastly different or god forbid a scope or god forbid a scope you know different attachments for aiming uh react differently. you got to aim different ways. I know it sounds weird to non-gun people. It's not going to make any kind of sense until you've handled a firearm safely. Yeah, like the, um, when we were out doing the shooting uh, earlier in the summer, the iron sights that uh, one of the uh, guys, he brought some of his personal artillery, uh, using his sights, I was inaccurate as fuck because I wasn't used to the way his iron sights work compared to the way my iron sights work. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, shooting a bit high. Yeah. And he pointed that out. And I was like, okay, so I understand where the dot's supposed to be when the sights are lined up. Because I didn't understand where the dots were supposed to be on his sights. I do on mine. And even then, if we take... We could go right now and pick up a, a thing to make little cannons or a, a flintlock. And put all that together. And those things are completely different because... Just the way that goes, like we're right now looking at the the page on PFSRD, um, and 
just an old flintlock pistol, right? Let's say that is as basic as basic as it gets. That was actually pretty good technology at the time. Otherwise, it was one of those um, when you had the giant wick. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 So if you take a, a flintlock, right? You aim. There's a reason they didn't like hold them up and have sights or anything. It was just point in this direction and pray to the gods. Because you have a you have a decent chance of it going kablamo and your hand is gone. Or it goes bang, and it's hitting your t- your target. Well, he's also talking about. There's also you know one technology we developed quite early on, thankfully, called rifling. Yes. And with like an old school flintlock or a musket or a wheel lock, a lot of the weapons that were first developed with that they were individual pieces. There was no mass uh, quantity production of it. They, each gun was built by itself. By hand. By hand. They were all bespoke. They were all bespoke. So each gun back then, especially back then, fired very differently than the one sitting next to it. And if it's not rifled, it's kind of a guess where that bullet's going to end up. And these were all smooth, so that's where I think it should be harder to hit with a gun instead of how easy it is, because touch AC is always the lowest of them. I would say that range increments would be needed to make, uh, especially with older weapons, the range increments need to be more punishing. Mm-hmm. You know, like 30 foot, 60 foot, 90 foot range increment with uh, higher penalties based on how far you're shooting away with the old fashioned weapons. And the damage, of course, should still be fucking brutal. And it's really weird because in real life, uh, similar weapons, even if they are rifled, uh, in our state for some reason, are listed as non-lethal. So if you have a black powder pistol, you don't have to register because it's non-lethal. And of course, anybody who owns a black powder pistol or is familiar with them in any way looks at this shit and goes, "Wait, Civil War? <laughs> what was that fought with again? Mostly what was the main like muskets? Yeah, what was the main weapon used in those? What about the Revolutionary War? Mm-hmm. You know." Um, you know the War of eighteen ten. You know, just um, you know, there's a bunch of wars certainly in American history. Just, or you could even go hmm. to wars in closer to modern time, but put them in third world countries where they still had a bunch of those weapons. And, and now, if you're dealing with more modern weapons, uh, before you get into uh, space stuff, mm. uh, yeah, the range increment should be less finicky, unless you have like traits or skills or feats that give you bonus to your accuracy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, if you're just picking up a gun for the first time in character, or you're just fluent with the operation of that weapon, you know, weapon proficiency pistol, you know the, the, it's the point-and-kill technology. At the same time, though, the range of commit should be less brutal, but the damage should be just fucking off the charts. Yeah, like, let's look at them right now. Let's look at the baseline pistol. It costs 1,000 GP, which is the barrier to entry in gaming with these, but there's ways around it. You could be a battle host occultist like I was and get a free gun. Yeah, in moderately decent Yeah, if you, if you take a gunplay class, yeah. If you take a gunplay class, that's typically your way. And, you know, it should be noted that a lot of these range increments are like 10 foot. Yeah. yeah. 20 foot. 20 foot. 20 so, foot is the advanced ones that are fancy. So a basic pistol, 1,000 GP, uh, damage for size medium is 1d8, Criticals times four, so twenty. Is, you're doing four times damage. Which is which is where that big burst damage really kind of comes in on these right now. Is that critical marker? 
is a lot of these have times three, times four. Like, there is one of them with a times two crit, which is what your basic lock is. If, if it was personally me, I would just make it critical times two. And damage, instead of, like, 1d8, I would... It would be wildly unbalanced, but it would actually... Because that's what they did, is they balanced the weapons in this. Mm -hmm. They balanced it to be equivalent to uh, any melee weapons. But the truth of the fact is, you look at any artillery-style uh, weapon, any gunpowder weapon, their damage is above and beyond a melee weapon but they're in just short hard burst. To, to aim and accurately repeat. Yeah. Which uh, is where so, like, the pistol, to... I would say, should be minimum of 5d8. Yep. I would say minimum 5d8 for a medium. It's going to hit. It's going to shred through organs and clothing and stuff. And if the uh, damage calculation, the range, misfire chance, capacity, all of the, the stats on these weapons were brought up to being closer to what they are in reality, I think a lot less GMs would be willing to allow these things in their games because they'd be like, no, this is game-breaking. And that's like, yes, that's reality. That's why the Dark Ages kind of ended the way they did when gunpowder was introduced. Real sharp and real quick. Guns were game-changing. Yeah. But of course, it took it took the minds of many different cultures across the world to make them the... Oh, there we go. Strange beep. Took the minds of many cultures what? Sorry. Um, it took the minds of many different cultures to make guns the killing machines they are today. And that's why they do... Even back then, if it was just... I have this metal tube, I... It, you know, it, it basically hand cannon. Right? I just point it in your general direction, but it's a ball I shove down there. And it's a smooth bore, and it's not that tight-fitting. So it's not like it's going to expand and hit the edges. So I think it's just going to whiz out... So it should be super hard to actually hit anything with it. Well, there was also the you got to take into account is um, the modern uh, variants of these weapons are more, uh, as far as lethality is concerned, they have more punch. Mm -hmm. uh, like the standard really for like a nine millimeter is close to one thousand two hundred feet per uh, second. Mm. You know that, that that's a fair guesstimate, uh, general, just broad number thrown out. But you're well over a thousand feet per second on most nine millimeters. Yeah, uh, forty-five ACPs, pretty close to the same deal. I mean, for a lot of the, uh, your standard sidearm hand cannons, you're looking between a thousand to one thousand four hundred FPS, depending on the uh, caliber, the make, model, all that shit, and of course the quality of the ammunition. They didn't have this for the older weapons. So there were people literally walking around with uh, bullets that were damn near 50 cal strapped to their chest to shoot to, at somebody in close range. Mm -hmm. Because then it didn't matter. I mean, musket balls were not small. Yeah. There's a reason that Blunderbuss uh, is commonly, like, in like the Pirates movies and several others, they use it, you know, shove whatever you want in there. Fire. Yeah, shove Forks, whatever you knives, want. spoons... Because basically it's a megaphone you just throw gunpowder and shit into and, and hope. Yeah. Uh, Blunderbuss, yeah. You know, that would actually be a fun thing. Are there any major gaming systems that you guys are aware of where it's more of a, you know, spaghetti western style where gunslinging would be the main modus operandi? Uh, yeah, there is one. I can't remember the name of it. It's a Wild West game meets Cthulhu. Okay. Uh, fuck. Weird West or something. Fuck. I know there's one out there. I can visualize the cover of the book. <laughs> I'm not up after. Yeah, I'm just saying that would probably be a system where the guns are more balanced for lethality. 
Yeah, because right now, I mean, we're, we're just talking about general. We haven't even gotten to the misfire chances. So again, looking at the base pistol, misfire, uh, one five foot. So when it misfires, you roll a one on the dice. It goes click, boom, instead of click, bang. Important difference. And now it explodes in, it looks like a five foot radius. Yep. Which means you, your hand, probably your allies, if you're standing next to the, the other dude twanging along with his, you know, bow sticker. It's actually funny, too, because, like, some of the range on this is, like, the uh, pistol is only accurate up to 20 feet. Mm -hmm. For an early one-handed pistol. Only accurate... Uh, now, we're talking pistol here. It doesn't have anything next to it referencing anything beyond that. So I'm assuming this pistol, uh, which is sitting next to uh, Breach Load, is... Um, oh, yeah. It takes a cartridge. Mm. So, yeah. Or is... Yeah, a, a fucking bullet. It, it Basically, it is the equivalent in fantasy setting to an actual cartridge. Yep. But it only has a... Uh, it's only accurate up to 20 feet. Mm -hmm. And you, it's still a manual load between fire for a single round. Which is really interesting because um, a lot of those pistols from back then, I mean, if you got a skilled shooter, I mean, get a little Annie Oakley out there, 20 feet, bullshit. Yeah. Well, that see, woman can take your mustache off at 100 feet. Come on. And and that's the thing. She had specialty. She had specialty, but still. She, was, she had built herself up to that. She was not some pleb <coughs> who just picked one up off the street. And neither is a first-level character who takes a class in gunslinger. Yeah. So that range increment doesn't really make much sense there. So what I'm saying is, in a long-winded way... Increase the damage, decrease the critical, and make it a little bit harder to hit your targets at longer range increments. Yeah, you should be good. But, yeah, some of these... Uh, the game systems uh, in fantasy, though, is kind of like its own thing, because in fantasy games, you, you kind of just assume that if you're wearing armor, you know, it's going to be more of a cinematic pew-pew, shoot-back, shoot-forward... You, you're, you're both popping shots at each other. You know, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, you know, duck and cover kind of gameplay. And the problem that I have, though, is with introducing guns in fantasy settings. And they've done the same thing here in Pathfinder that they've done in any other game. Is they try to bring in the game, the, the, the weapons in the game. They're all firearms. And they balance the firearms to be equivalent to that with melee weapons. Yeah. Honestly, it seems weird. Why would I want to get, say, a normal pistol with a 1d8 medium damage to it, a times four critical, and at a range increment of 20 with a misfire chance and a capacity of one and weighs four pounds when I could do more damage with a sling? Exactly. Cheaper, faster. Cheaper, faster, lighter. Well, doesn't explode in my hand. And a sling does a sling does half that damage, but the trade-off is enormous. Yeah, I mean, look right here at a revolver. Same exact damage, one d8, critical times four, range twenty feet, misfire of one. But it doesn't explode, six. so you know mm -hmm. that, that's really the big thing about the revolver is it doesn't going to cause you collateral damage when it goes off. Goes no, I can't do that. Yeah, but if this is say the equivalent of you know. Good old Chicago snub nose. 
you know, even then, the 20 foot range increment doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, and like a breech load. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, it's a, it's a one headed firearm, it's a breech loader, so they're talking about a pistol here. But still, the breech loader is 1d6 for damage, medium, normal damage. Weighs four pounds. Uh, I used to own a breech load. And four pounds is about three pounds too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I know they're making up numbers and stuff and they're trying to balance this stuff out, but still, like a shotgun. 1d8 medium. Times two critical rate and effective range of 20 feet. You know what? I can finally agree with the effective uh, range because I'm guessing they're using scatter shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently it weighs 12 fucking pounds. That seems like a whole hell of a lot more than that weighs more weighs. than my um, breech load muzzle loader, or not my breech load, my muzzle loader, because my breech load is a different gun. But that weighs more than my fucking flintlock, my personal real flintlock, which is about five and a half, six pounds. For the double barrel, that's fifteen pounds. Yeah, double barrel buckshot, fifteen pounds. Ridiculous. And still does 1d8, even though it's double-barreled. See, now, the only thing I could actually see shotguns getting that is if they start adding a cone effect to them because of because of that's, the spread shot. That's basically how I would run it. It would basically be, all right, this is a cone weapon a, now. A cone attack that's, you know, uh, fucking force damage. I'm sorry, but stabbing somebody with a longsword, which... Um, yes, anybody can buy one from a local smoke shop, especially in this state. But stabbing somebody with a long sword in the guts. Just really getting D- it in there. Which is, uh, I believe, a 1d8 weapon as well. Yes, for, for damage. And racking around and pumping a, a cartridge of shotgun buckshot into someone's guts. From, say, like 30, 40 feet. No. I'm saying from, like, right up close and personal. Okay. Okay. Right up close and personal. Tell me, uh, just basically visualize the wound. I stab you with a longsword right in the guts for 1d8 damage, and I also rack a shotgun and shoot you in the guts for 1d8 damage. Anybody who knows anything about shotgun shells will know that is not 1d8 damage, motherfucker. Yeah. That's going to be a, a whole lot of God help me damage, if not dead within five minutes damage. I mean, yeah, and even, like, even if it's just slashing, like, a really, really sharp longsword, realistically, most people are going to see that and see think of the, the katana tests that we see nowadays. Well, yeah. Uh, like, the, the bamboo shoots and things. Absolutely. And where it's the super clean cut, right, where it's razor wire edged. And, and the problem is, like, even a good, a mighty slash with something like that, it's still going to have less of a direct zone of damage. It'll be more focused, but it won't be more damaging. I'm just and saying. I'm, thinking, I'm willing to bet that the shotgun is going to outdo that sword every day of the week. I, I'm yeah. Well, that's Even part of the reason why guns changed uh, medieval warfare when they were introduced. You know, you can go to certain uh, museums in Europe where you have armor sets like full-on plate mail, the whole nine. This is the one that the Lord of the Land wore. And you see two bullet holes in here, like, oh, fuck. Because plate mail is designed for dealing with a large slashing object or a large 
spiky object, mm -hmm. not something that's putting a pinhole through it. It's not built for that. No, it's not. But at the same time, the fact of the matter is that person wore that armor. They've probably fought in it more than once and survived enough battles to keep wearing it. And then along comes one dude with a gun. And then, you know, we don't even get into the uh, ammo types. I mean, for like shotguns alone, we've got, of course, the standard buckshot. We've got birdshot. We've got disc shot. We've got um, slugs. Slugs. We've got great shots. Flechettes. All those things are scary. Oh, yes. And then now we've got dragon fire rounds. Yeah, we've got dragon uh, fire. I mean, like the shotgun rating on this one, when it says damage medium 1d8, I'm thinking, what are they shooting? Rock salt? It's enough to hurt the shit out of somebody, break skin, and maybe kill them ever so slowly, like a longsword, uh, in this fantasy setting. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if I was to point-blank stab somebody with a sword, I'm guessing that unless I hit something really vital, they will still be around by the time the ambulance shows up. But if I swizzle them in the guts with a shotgun round... It's gonna fall over. Unless that ambulance shows up magically quick... Or if it's already there. Or if it's already there. Even then, it's questionable. Even then, it's questionable. There will be people screaming, call a doctor fucking now. So. As well as much panic. And even and a beanbag round. Even a beanbag round, exactly. Beanbag. hard to find. The damage, and that's the problem I have with the introducing guns to a fantasy setting, especially like in D&D, &D, which they've been trying to do, is they always balance guns for the setting, which is completely understandable because if guns were represented real, they would break the fucking system. Fast. However, guns in a modern day setting, they're, they typically are lethal, but not lethal enough for my taste, especially like in Vampire. But at least in sci-fi settings, there's enough... Lethality. There's enough lethality alongside uh, suspension of disbelief. Like some game systems, it's like one or two shots. On your second shot, you're fucking dead. Like, Slay Industries was really good on that. Guns were scary. Somebody pulled a gun, you were like, fuck, we're in a firefight. Now, what about games like Rifts? Rifts actually is pretty much the same thing. Um, <laughs> they, they, Guns they, are scary in that. They state straight up, you know, combat is not balanced mm -hmm. in Rifts. Uh, classes aren't balanced. and The world is not balanced. And that's actually one of the real good lures of Rifts, is if you run into somebody... And they pull a Wilkes laser pistol on you, which is the lowest end fucking weapon. You know, basic bitch, basic Buck bitch. Rogers looking. It's the Buck Rogers basic ass fucking zip gun. gun, pew pew. I shoot yeah, a laser a sticker beam. and a lollipop with it. You, <laughs> you get a pat on the ass, and you know maybe a, a coupon for ten percent off your next perm. You know, mm. <laughs> it is the basic bitch weapon. But a Wilkes rolls 1d4 for damage. Mega damage. So that means that tiny little pew gun, you, me, left, right, sideways, anyone that you meet, unless they are in special kit to deal with it... Unless they're wearing armor, you will fucking ruin their day. You become a smell on the fucking horizon. You become a smell on the pavement. It blows a hole right through you. It doesn't matter. If you're not wearing armor, you will die. Fast. And that is the basic bitch weapon, and of course you only go up in scale from there. And once you get into like the really good stuff, like a Naruni tech, you're leveling fucking cities, right? And like <laughs> for comparison, Rifts uses this as an example, right? A dude walking up and punching an M1 Abrams is not gonna win. The Abrams is gonna win every time. Yeah, the Abrams punching the man back will fucking win, even well, if it's just 
slapping him with the barrel. He's gonna knock his ass down. Yeah. It's as close as non-lethal as you can get in mega damage, but trying to stop that, like, without the kit to do so, like another tank. Yeah, or you're so. wielding planetary annihilation. Yeah, guns are fucking scary in Rifts, and at least the way it's built, uh, they still made it actionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are some classes and uh, a lot of races you can play in that system where you get shot with a, a fucking mega damage weapon like a Wilkes, and you just laugh at them because you're buff as fuck. But at the same time... Cyborgs. It, uh, lots of stuff. Grackletooth, my favorite. Uh, but still, at the same time, there are, is a there's a complete disregard and lack of balance. So if somebody pulls a fucking Naruni uh, hand cannon on you, even if you are a badass, you're like, well, that cannon does 4d10 times 10 mega damage. That thing is going to wreck my shit. Even if I'm a bad motherfucker who could take a couple of Wilk shots to the face and still grin it off, I'm not sure I can grin and walk away from that. Yeah. Or at least I won't have my pretty looks if I do. Because in Rifts, at least there's always a bigger fish. Yeah, these these aren't exactly fucking phasers from Star Trek. Oh, set of a stun! Yeah. E-10, was it E-10-11s? The the Stormtrooper Blasters? Uh, E-11s. E-11s, yeah. Where they will put your ass down. Now, there are different settings when you get to stuff like that in certain fantasy games. But if you want to talk just base damage, you're firing just straight out of the barrel. Fresh out the box. Fresh out of the box. Yeah, it's it's going to do a lot of damage. And that's the problem. And, like, personally, I get that people wanted guns in there. And I'm sure one storyline thing is they want to do Yar Har Fiddly Dee Pirates Are We. Because <laughs> that, that's the main thing. Every time I've had someone with guns, they're always pulling a pirate motif. Except for, I think, you, Kaz, were the only one that has it. That's because mm. I was doing it. Because I was like, yeah, I'm a fucking pirate. Yeah, you were doing it, and you had the gun, and I was like, well, I don't need to go that route. I'm going a different way. Mm-hmm. And that was basically, you know, that was our interaction with it. Like, I've, I haven't done the pirate motif with firearms. I've done it with, you know, warlocks. That's fun. That's my current character in one of the campaigns. He's but a, seriously, looking at these damage rates and all this stuff, you'd be better off just carrying around a rod of fucking dragon's breath. Yeah, you'd be better off with your standard fucking wand. Mm-hmm. A wand of fireball with a wizard that has craft wand mm-hmm. uh, is way more aggressively a damage output machine than any of your little bang sticks. And that's the problem. Well, I mean, if you look at... Well, if you were to just, like, get Rules Lawyer on it and crunch the goddamn numbers, I play a wizard, my only shtick is craft wand, and I make a wand of fireballs. The amount of money I am accruing and my group of four players per uh, number of fireballs I need to launch on average during each combat scenario versus the cost of what it takes to make a new fireball... Fireball... Arm? Uh, uh, well, a firearm, uh, it can't match me for damage output, no matter what. Plus, I have better range, I have no misfire chance, I've got 50 uh, rounds of capacity at the beginning of every fucking new wand I make. It weighs one pound. And, it, it, and, and a dummy can go point and shoot. Uh, a dummy can go point and shoot. It, it costs about the same as a blunderbuss. Actually, more like a musket. Uh, you know, a wizard with a, a rod of... The only thing I don't have is the oh my god, I'm hitting touch AC thing. Mm-hmm. But, but you're doing then, AOE damage. I'm doing AOE damage, so fuck it. I don't need to hit touch AC. I just need to beat your uh, ability to do a cartwheel out of it. Right? Or, you know, 
have you trip on a rock. Or have you trip on a rock? Even then, as we discussed several times, we've been dropping these hints, but if you can metamagic the spell, now it's not fireball, it's fucking lightning. Oh, that's D&D 3.0? Yep. Uh, metamagic did not cost levels to do. Uh, that was a great thing out of the Faerun expansion. I loved it. I loved it. Makes yeah. sense. Just doing it like a, a wand with fucking lightning bolt in it. Yeah. Think about it. Yep. Yeah. Ray yeah. of fucking frost. Color spray, even. Yeah, it's... It is saddening that firearms are brought down to such a low. Well, they're... they're part of it is, of course, you know, it's the... Um, I guess for players, because I never really had the desire to play a gunslinger. Uh, especially, like, after one guy was like, Oh, gunslingers are the best goddamn class in Pathfinder. And I was like, really? Really, motherfucker? Okay, cracker. <laughs> it, we're on. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we can hit touch AC from range. And I'm like, I can heal 450 hit points of damage per attack made on me per turn at level 3. Fuck your shit with touch AC. You can shoot me with touch AC all you like. I am going to walk across that field and bust you in the goddamn face. It may take a bit, but it'll happen. But, you know, I think part of it is the prestige. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, fuck, your standard gun looks like around 2,500 GP, so you spend a lot of money on this double-barreled musket that makes you stand out from the rest of the crowd because other uh, character classes can't use that double-barreled musket, but you can. So, yo-ho, I've got... I'm the specialist snowflake here, because anybody can pick up a sword, but only I can pick up this musket. I, I think that's what it is with guns and fantasy, is the uh, special snowflake syndrome of only I can use this weapon, only I have the blunderbuss, nobody else can use it. Yeah, and I can kind of understand that. And it's, you know, it's slightly different when you're dealing at, like, naval cannon scale, right? So, you know... Shall I not be infringed. Yep. Among other things. Um, we're, we're talking like, you know, piratey days, yar-har, fiddle-dee. You are a pirate. Yeah. Now imagine the whole world is like that, and the whole thing is, you know, a great big deal. Cannons are going to be common, but miniaturized versions, not so much. Like your hand cannon, your pistol, culvern, it's just not going to happen. Cannons come in all sizes. Yeah. And... You even Everybody keeps like thinking like the giant big fucking naval cannons, but you know the cannons come. There were cannons that were this big. Yeah, cannons oh, that were literally like yeah. two feet from stem to stern. You know, tiny little things. Yeah, you would have them on a pole. That was literally part. Uh, what is it? The English, I think, did that for their cavalry unit. I think so. Yeah, where they would light. Uh, was it? They'd fire those, and then the horsemen would come around to the side. So they fire straight down line with these things. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. I, the Dragoons, I think. That sounds right. Mm -hmm. That sounds like something that would be appropriate. Yeah, cannons in come in all sizes, just like guns. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Everybody seems to think that cannons were either the ones that they were using on land, like when you see uh, Civil, Civil, War. War Civil War movies or French Revolution stuff, you know, like fucking... Uh, Bonaparte and all that. Bonaparte, yes. you know, and they're wheeling cannons around. There. Everybody seems to think cannons are about that size and they don't deviate. Not true. And of course, you know, you got certain countries that open fire with the butter cannon. <laughs> like, fucking Paris is way over there, but we're too lazy to invade. Just fire a cannon at him. Make one bigger. Nope, make it bigger. Nope, nope, not big make enough. Make it so bigger that we need pressure chambers on the side of it to keep the bullet going. 
Yeah. Make it, it so a- big that it literally creates a brand new hillside just for it to exist. Yes. <laughs> Cannons come in all shapes and sizes. Some are cut, some are uncut. <laughs> some have hairy nuts, some have smooth nuts. Cannons come in all shapes and sizes. All that matters is that they can fire. Mm-hmm. All that matters is that person on the other end of the cannon will fuck them. Possibly everyone around them. And everybody around them and everybody behind them. Now, now let's move away from guns in the fantasy settings. Let's okay. Let's move to like D&D Modern, Star Wars, <laughs> the, the good shit where, where they are an integral part of what goes on. Because like, I was really interested in getting into the Dune role-playing game that just came out. But they sold out of everything except core books. And I wanted to get the big pack that had everything. And in that world, as you guys know, you have, everyone has energy shields. Personal energy shields are so cheap and effective that it changed up battle in its entirety where it became close combat battle again. Yeah, all your fancy gun tech don't mean shit if my energy shield just says, Is that all you got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the energy shields in that one stopped high, uh, high velocity. The higher the velocity, the better the shield worked. Mm-hmm. Which is why they went back to stabbing the shit out of each other, because low velocity could get through the shield. Yeah, yeah. and and that's a, a world thing on how you could have future high-tech stuff, but not have everyone carrying around laser blasters. And then not only that, but any use of uh, laser guns, as they call them, which was any sort of laser high-intensity beam weapon, uh, would hit the shield, and they would basically both go super critical. Yeah, because now you're pouring more energy into something meant to stop things by dissipating energy, and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, so therefore you would end up with situations where, um... Uh, what the hell is it? Overload? They were as strong as atomic weapons in that world. Oof. Well, the, the, the thing about that, though, uh, in my opinion, anyway, uh, again, disregard it if you wish, whatever. It's just opinion time. Uh, the systems that come up, like Dune, Star Wars, um, uh, I want to say Vampire the Masquerade 2nd Edition, uh, were written with these things in mind from the get-go that guns mm-hmm. and artillery would be... Uh, viable. Of, viable and part of common everyday uh, gaming Existence. adventures... Uh, the like the shotgun in Vampire the Masquerade Second Edition or any weapon really was scary, especially like even a pistol, a thirty-eight snub nose could kill a normal modern human in two, if not three, shots unless you made a called shot to the head. Mm-hmm. Then it would be faster. Then it would be a lot faster. But that makes sense because getting hit with a thirty-eight slug at high velocity at close range will fucking wreck your shit. If so not when kill they, you. if not outright kill you, so when they wrote the system, a lot of these weapons came out to be very scary, even more scary than the melee weapons. Uh, some of the fantasy, or not fantasy, some of the sci-fi games that I've played, other than Rifts, which Rifts is its own fucking category entirely. Yeah. Uh, some of the other ones that I've played, guns are fucking scary, and if somebody pulls a gun, then you know it is game on. It's kill or be killed. Yeah, like, um, you played GURPS. I played GURPS, yes. Yeah, we're guns in that. Guns and GURPS were fairly well balanced, depending on which book you were playing from. Again, though, the generic universal roleplay system, GURPS, is one of those where they try to balance everything. In fairness, that is exactly the system where you could have a Shaolin monk traveling next to a full robot mage, and, like, 
anything else. You just like Rifts. Just like Rifts. And they're supposed to be on an even playing field. Rifts doesn't sugarcoat it and goes, no, it's not fair. Tough shit. Like, be scared. Reality yeah. is not nice. Yeah, like, uh, some and, of the scarier weapons, because I had one, it was actually my favorite weapon to use in GURPS. Uh, we were doing a game session, and I got this thing called the Deliquilizer. Gesundheit. Uh, uh, yeah, fun word to say, but <laughs> on a specific damage threshold, it would just liquefy the opponent. Mm. That is fucking scary. You know, if like, an opponent used that on me, I would turn into a puddle. No disintegration. No disintegration. It's just deliquilized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it was called, the deliquilizer. Uh, guns and that were fairly scary. Artillery was fairly scary. Uh, GURPS, for the most part, is a very fair and balanced system that tries to treat everything with the same degree of caution. <laughs> like... The respect for lethality is appropriate. The respect for lethality is appropriate, just not as appropriate as I would personally say it needs to be. But then again, guns are fucking scary. Um, honestly, though, like guns in a roleplay game should be like ID four. You know, you have everybody running around with their their fucking you know soldiers and their tanks and their guns and their bombs and their AK forty seven semi semi automatic machine gun rifles. You know, they're all having fun, and then you introduce games or guns to the game, and it's just watching buildings get nuked by aliens. Yeah, guns in a role playing game should be represented as the scary lethal machines that they can be. After all, we all saw what you did with a 30 out 6 20 feet away from a piece of plate steel. 25. Okay, 25 feet away from a piece of plate steel. 3 thick. 3 thick, and you bored a fucking hole right through it. Now tell me that your 30 out 6 has the same damage threshold as a melee weapon. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, I And not only did it do that, but it went through the pan that was hanging behind it. Uh, to be fair, the pan behind it was just sheet metal. Yeah. It was just shitty sheet metal. But it hit it the long way. <laughs> just saying, though, you hit three-eighths inch piece of steel. Which, by the way, is a lot thicker than any plate mail you will ever find. Which was also labeled on the box that it would be able to withstand rounds up to your weapons category. We found the box later. Uh, it would withstand that at 100 yards. Okay, at 100 yards. Oops. Well, at 25 feet. Eh, okay. It did not agree with that. Still, I can take anything out of my closet or anything out of the closet of most role-playing games like a Warhammer or a Vibro Knife or whatever and throw it at you at 25 feet away and I guarantee it ain't gonna put a hole in 3 8 plate steel. Uh, that's what I like about, though, uh, with more modern games and more sci-fi games, is that at least they respect the lethality. They're like, look, these weapons are fucking planet killers. Okay, that makes sense. Or, you know, this is why the invasion was so successful. Not only did they have, you know, auto, auto-targeting shoulder-mounted plasma ejectors, but the plasma ejectors also leveled cars. It was like introducing the Predator to a forest with, you know, a handful of soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> Guns are the shoulder-mounted cannon on a fucking watch's shoulder. They changed the game. But Star Wars and everything, I understand that, you know, especially Star Wars, they took a more thematic uh, route with that, so... Yeah. Which, you know, Star Wars has always been a very thematic universe. 
Like, there's no bones about that. No bones. But Unless they're crate bones. At least it's not the Star Trek role-playing game. Ugh, that, that just I don't want to spend all my fucking game session negotiating trade uh, deals with the uh, fucking bo- Bolians and Ferengi. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, no. terrible. Um, to be honest, it's worse than Vampire when you're in an overly political group that's bad at politics. Oh. I believe We're it. good at click politics. I believe it, but no... Not good. Yeah, but but so I mean, there are other ones like we've all played. Uh, was it Starfinder? Starfinder, yep. yes. Yeah. How would what was your guys' experience with gun? Because mine was everyone's superpower is gun except for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I my last attack I made in Starfinder. Sorry to interrupt you, real go quick. For it, I go just for have it. to say this. I natural twentyed and confirmed with a twenty. So double 20s. Double stack. Double stack. My final attack I made in Starfinder, and it was the, the last game session, thankfully, too, so I, I managed to pull it off, is I ran up to the enemy, did the splits, made a called shot. Nuts. Bam! And then rolled max damage. I killed my opponent, Johnny Caging their ass. <laughs> Finishing move. Hit points straight to zero. Nope, nope, you're not getting up after Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, Kaz is going to have to field this one, because when he was playing Starfinder, he had the gun, and I was actually playing a fist fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, there is a lot of my superpower is gun when it comes to Starfinder. Um, how classes approach it is different, and how things feel are interacting with firearms or weapons of range any kind, because there's a lot. There's a lot um, in Starfinder. The biggest problem with dealing with guns in Starfinder is picking the right one that you can afford. I think that that's a, that's a fair assessment. I think the biggest uh, it's fuck choice up... It's paralysis. Yeah, I think the biggest fuck up with guns and equipment in general, just anything... Is they did the same thing that you did in fucking Mutants and Masterminds, which is what turned me off of that game. Is well, Mutants and Masterminds is pretty close, actually. It's similar, mm-hmm. not exactly the same, but they level capped shit like an MMO in Starfinder. So they, I am level two. I can only have a gun of up to this capacity. I think it's like three. Yeah, but then I hit level six, and I can get a better gun made by the same manufacturer. Last I checked, uh, in any other role-playing game, in real life, and some alternate universes, when you purchase a weapon, that weapon doesn't ask you your age. Mm-hmm. Even sentient weapons, not always. Even sentient weapons in D&D don't go, whoa, whoa, dude, you gotta be level 6 or better use me. <laughs> level restrictions on firearms is silly. If I'm a level 1 dweeb, and my, you know, my buddy in the Starfighter drops a shot and kills the level 20 dude and I pick up his gun, I'm going to be able to use it. Maybe not as effectively, but I'm going to be able to use it and it's going to do the same damage. Yeah, it's kind of like crossbows in the Dark Ages, right? <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, all these peasants are level 1 so they can only use crossbows. That's the only reason we got. It's not because they're not, you know, they have to be level 5 to use a longbow. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. If you have the skills, interest, and resources to get said weapon, level should not 
factor in. I mean, come on, we've got a level one pedophile who's got the nuclear football. Is he high enough level to have a nuke? I don't think so. Because he never has been seen wearing a hat that I know of. And as we all know, in World of Warcraft, you have to be level 10 or better to wear a hat. So he is definitely too low a level for nukes. Just saying, if we are going to factor in levels with what kind of artillery you get... Yeah, no, it's, he's, he's it's more of an NPC in Fallout 76. <laughs> 10 penny. Well, Definitely like, ten penny. At the same token, right? I think that Starfinder has a good idea in labeling. Hey, these are about appropriate for, but I don't think they should be restricted by levels. Yeah. See, I didn't really experience a lot of that because, as I know you remember, my character was a bard, but I was a space goblin. Not just any space goblin, a psychic space goblin, whose entire thing was based on charisma, and in order to be head level with most, you know, pink skins. I flew around in a tiny UFO. Kid's toy. It, so yeah, to put it in terms, it was a, a kid's toy. You know, like those little red and yellow cars kids have? It was like that. That was basically my first UFO. <laughs> and I made it so it would float so I would be eye level with most creatures. And then I jerry-rigged it to have basically a planetary annihilator on the front. <laughs> Yeah, the Donut of Doom. It yep. was. It was great. Oh, I'm having flashback to Space Invaders. <laughs> and I would love to wear these big, elaborate... Um, outlandish like, hats? Oh, yeah, the outlandish, like, um, naval captain's hats. Because I was the captain of the ship. Oh, Gotta no. have a big, appropriate hat. Come on. Oh, yeah. Don't you pigskins know anything? I was happy not being the captain. Right? I could have been. But if things went wrong, the first one to get airlocked wasn't going to be me. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it helps have charisma because that's amazingly how you help people use gun better in ship. <laughs> Talk at them. Do better. Do better now. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the guns in role playing games. Uh, you guys obviously know by now, and our listeners obviously know by now that fantasy is a no go zone. And this is from somebody who's created fucking orbital platforms in fantasy settings. And punt guns. And a punt guns and stuff. I, that's for fun. But when they introduce charts and graphs like the one that we've got up on the screen here, that's them being serious about introducing something to a game setting. Mm -hmm. And not player creativity, which is a different ball. And not player creativity, again, different ball. But with modern games, or even if they do a renaissance game where they start introducing uh, pepper boxes and blunderbusses, that's when I can start agreeing with it because it's being written in from the get-go. It's it, built with that in mind. It's, it's already built with that in mind. They're already thinking about this day one of how to balance it and make it realistic yet still, you know... Appropriate. Appropriate for, you know, your character's not going to die when they get fucking headshotted. And I'm sorry, Probably anybody... Anybody who gets fucking headshotted by a blunderbuss is fucked. Yeah, there's not going to be a head left. There, There is no 1d8 damage medium. I'm sorry, but whatever crap they throw in that barrel is going to turn my face into swish fucking cheese. I, Probably I am, your skull, too, if we're being truthful. If we're being truthful, yes. My, oh God. my head is... Imagine they threw in, like, a shit ton of buckyballs, those magnetic things. Oh, gods. Oh, because they're, uh, they're moving fast enough, they're spreading apart, but the magnetic is getting them. So they're there's actually, they do that on Top Loader Mouse. They shoot bucky yep. balls. But can you imagine if you did that with a revolver? 
and you actually had the ability to do like really good grouping, like within like six inches or four inches, mm-hmm. even better. And you just shoot buckyballs at somebody in their rib cage. Oh, they're gonna start moving around. They're gonna start moving around after you know they get plinked two or three times. Oh, that would suck. So much balls. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's definitely the thing with firearms: knowing the place and the setting to do it. Because most GMs, such as myself, right now, I do not allow them in my current game. Because, to be honest, they're not to that level of technology. It's not something they're into. Well, that and, like, one gunslinger. In a game that does not have guns as a commonplace item. Because, again, Vampire has them as commonplace. Anybody can go out in my game group, in character, run down to the store, or have their ghoul do it, or in some way procure, like, a 1911. Anybody can get a nail driver. Mm-hmm. That makes it a common weapon. That means the enemies can have them. And, and there's no special fucking rules. Because the rules were written there from the get-go. In a science game, again, like Starfinder, anybody can get that little flechette pistol I had, which has the uh, cryo effect to it. Anybody can get that. That's great. It's balanced. <clears throat> Nobody gets to beat the special snowflake in that regard, unless they put like a Hello Kitty sticker on the side of it. But that's great. It's already in the system. And at that point, that's, you know, that particular example is cosmetic. It's cosmetic. Not functional, which changes. Again, yeah. Function and form are different when it comes to game systems, and that's important to remember. It's true. And now my train of thought is totally derailed from the Polish uh, Skyways. (laughs) But yeah, it's definitely a thing. I mean, I got to think about this because I've been painting a lot of minis, and... Some of them have firearms on them, and I'm just like, hmm, what's a good system for these? Oh, yeah. And Pathfinder, I like it, but I hate it at the same time. I like to use it as a player, but I hate to GM it. Yeah, the point I wanted to make, actually, uh, got I, it back. I remembered, I, I got it back. I totally came full circle, Jim Pocky style, or whatever the fuck her name is. Still want to fuck her, kind of, sort of, but it's just me being like uh, a fucking person who does self harm. Anyway, introducing one gunslinger to the party changes the party dynamics dramatically. Mm-hmm. Introducing one gunslinger as an enemy cho- changes the uh, combat scenario dramatically. Because mm-hmm. not everybody can do this. And gunslingers are just fucking bent with that touch AC bullshit. Or even alchemists with the I throw a bomb at touch AC. I mean, at least that makes sense. Alchemists are a bit more forgivable, in my opinion, and I hate alchemists. But I despise gunslingers more because that shit wasn't written in the system to begin with. And... When a game is written, you got that power creep. Uh, we, we see this in any any game. It doesn't matter what setting it's in. The later editions of the books will always have newer, juicier, fun stuff in it than the earlier books. Yeah, and that, that's definitely a thing. And that's why being able to curate what you allow and don't allow in game is important. Because, I mean, you could totally set up a thing where uh, you guys are four gunslingers walking through the forest. And that'd be fine. Yeah, because it would balance out the party. It's like, alright, everyone has at least one level in fucking Gunslinger. Yeah. And this is a fucking Wild West Pathfinder game. Yeah, if it's a Wild West and you know the enemies have guns, then you know what the enemies are shooting at. And then guns also have that lethality because armor gets negated. Nobody's worrying about armor. Everybody's got guns. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, time and place and how it's used. Like, ultimately, this is DM Fiat. Like, any of this is DM Fiat, this is all, you know, theory crafting from us. So with that in mind, your world, you decide. You have every right to say, no, guns don't belong here, 
Or, yeah, guns are really common. Hey, that goblin's got one now. I'm just guessing by the, the stats here that the Puckle Gun is probably like 3d6 damage with a times 4 critical and a range of 30 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just your old-fashioned Puckle Gun that shoots square bullets. Huh. That's a thing. Neat. Yes, the Puckle Gun is... Fuck. <laughs> and anybody who ever says, you know, you don't need a gun because, you know, the Founding Fathers meant, you know, fucking flintlock muzzle loaders you're like no here's the puckle gun fuck you <laughs> that was basically the granddaddy of fucking uh gatling guns yeah ah you basically you dumped the cartridges in the top and turned it crank and it just fired and just leveled everything in front of you ah okay and i've seen those i didn't know yeah. what they were called though it has two types of uh ammunition it has the round ones which are meant for uh conventional warfare and the square ones which you use on uh i uh, wild boars. We'll go with uh, wild boars. Wild boars who are not considered human. Because <laughs> they hurt more. <laughs> yeah. So you use those for uh, hunting wild boars in southern Texas. Yes, that, uh, that's, yes what that's, that's what the that's what original we'll use was. The original use for uh, square bullets and a puckle gun. Yeah. Well. <laughs> 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 Even I'm not going there. I'm not touching that with a fucking stolen dick. Uh-uh, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, guns are fun to, to play in certain games. And I'm interested in trying to find out that uh, Wild West one. Because, you know, I'm, I try to branch out and try different systems, and knowing which one is good for if you want to run with firearms being super common, or you want to do a different time period setting, and you want to have that be part of your world, it's very important whether you know guns are part of the world or not. Because you can't run them through a high fantasy campaign, get to the end, and it's fucking the Wizard of Oz with a goddamn shotgun. Well, there's also no fear in a fantasy game when somebody does pull a gun. I mean, yes, they can hit your touch AC, but if you're playing a fucking ninja, mm -hmm. or, you know, another class that has very low armor class to begin with and doesn't rely on armor, you have less fear of it. And, you know, if your healer's good and yeah. fast enough, you can still walk away from it. I mean, like, here we got the, the, the coat pistol, right? Costs a fuck ton of gold pieces, 750, and does like 1d4 damage. Size. It's like a Derringer, yeah. Okay. It has a range increment of 10 feet, does 1d4 damage. Well, guess what? I can do the same thing with a dagger, and if I'm playing a character who can juggle those things and throw four of them into you per turn... I don't have to worry about that one-round capacity. Oh, and if yeah. exploding daggers, then I don't have to worry about my yeah. fucking ammo. Because that, that actually that was a power build in AD&D 2nd Edition, is you could throw up to four daggers per turn easily, and or four darts, you're doing 1d4 times four, with a times two critical rating. Oh, so I lost a, a, a one... Oh, my critical rating went down by one. Oh, no. Same range increment, no misfire chance. It's not going to explode in your face. And even then, you can enchant those daggers after that. Oh, yeah. it does a D3 fucking acid damage. Or, yeah, you enchant the da uh, daggers with returning. Oh, yeah, you enchant them returning. You make it so they're poisoned. Yeah, there's actually a monk build you could do in 3-0 with uh, returning daggers or returning arrows. That is just fucking obscene. Oh, yeah. Because every turn you throw two more than you did the turn before. So first turn you throw two uh, fucking daggers at your opponent. Next turn is four. Next turn it's uh, six, then eight. And you just keep throwing daggers at them until they're dead. And then they all just return to you. You're only limited by how much you can carry. But, you know, hey, pistol dagger for 740 if you want to feel special. <laughs> yeah, 1d4. I mean, like, who fears 1d4 damage? Oh, great. You hit touching AC. 
but you only do 1d4, and you have one round per turn. Right, and, like, unless you're stocking up, you know, old-style pirate style, where you've got, like, six of these damn things on you, so you don't have to worry about reloading in the middle of combat. Considering most combats run, what, three to six turns at most? Something yeah, like that. which is why six is a pretty good number, because it's like, bang, drop, bang, drop, bang, drop, until you run out of pistols, and then you're like, uh, sword! I guess. Well, see, it doesn't even matter then, because if you're using guns, you go for the gun-centric feats, and then you're like, bang, reload as a free action. It's still a very time. valid uh, point that he makes, though, is oh, if yeah. you don't have those feats, you fight pirate-style, which is you have a bandolier of the fucking things all ready to go. All you need to do is cock it and name. Or I could have a bandolier of wands and just start fucking people up. Same or concept. a bandolier of daggers. That too. It can be done. Yep. The yep. build is easy. Super easy. I think there's a vest, actually, that uh, a magic item vest that you keep pulling daggers out of it. Yeah. Uh, a, dagger, a, a dagger throwing build is actually very viable uh, under the right auspices, like any other build. Mm -hmm. And is way more viable than I have to reload every turn. Yep. And that's... Especially that's... for a D4 damage, because I'm sorry, a, a coat pistol? Uh, there's plenty of old-timey pictures of people getting shot with small fucking derringers and shit, and winding up fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't the one that took out Lincoln just a fucking... Uh, bodice gun? Uh, I don't know what killed Lincoln. I just know it was a bad show. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's what happens when the wife nags you to go out to the theater. <laughs> no, 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 no. For that, you say, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I'm making a reference to a bad skit. Yeah. Lincoln died from being hammered in the butt, but it was too embarrassing. <laughs> Alright, uh, so I think that brings us to the end of this box of ammo we call a show. Yeah, I know I railroaded the shit out of this, but... Well, it makes sense, and it was all good points. I'm not an expert on guns, I just know how to shoot them. Well, everyone... You're also the veteran GM. Yeah, I shot my first gun at... Fuck, I think I was five years old. Good times. It's a 44 revolver. Alright, everyone... Load your final round. What do you got? My final round. I'm passing it to Kaz first. <laughs> I'm passing it to Kaz first. Let him have some air time. Um, time and a place for guns. And how how you use them will affect how the world sees them and how they feel. If you can make the gun sound really scary and really badass and rare, make it really rare and badass and loud and scary. If it's common, people are going to carry it as just as much enemies as allies. So it's it's about balancing your world to match the concept of guns. And with that, Kazarkan, back to these guys. I would have to say as my final thoughts, regardless of the role-playing game, that pulling a weapon on an opponent, or an opponent pulling a weapon on players, in-game... I need to make that differentiation. Uh, somebody pulling a weapon in-game should mean shit is fucking on. And it should be scary time not, hey, let's, you know, fucking hack and slash and stuff. Unless that's the game you're playing. Uh, some games are totally hack and slash. But I just got to say that when pulling artillery out of your pocket or holster and pointing it at somebody means shit is just gone from it's on to it's fucking real. Mm. 
Uh, that's the problem I have with guns in most roleplay settings is, unlike real life, when a gun is pulled in game, people don't have that fear. And a gun should be just as scary as somebody throwing an orbit of annihilation at your character. It should be shit has gotten fucking real. Uh, you know, it, it is... A, a gun should be treated like a pocket dragon. You know, I just pulled out a CR-10 fucking green dragon from my pocket. What you gonna do, bitch? So, uh, yeah. Whip my pants and run away! Again, uh, however, however, for those who di disagree with me, I do see the merit in wanting to go down the street in your wagon, rolling through the village, and see a couple of orcs and be like, I'm gonna bust a cap at his ass. Or fuck them else. You know, like... Clip, clop, clip, clop, bang, bang, bang. Fuck them elves. Because, you know, elves. <laughs> drive, or, uh, well, it's not exactly a drive-by if you're in a wagon. Uh, ride-by. A ride-by. Yeah, I, I can totally see, you know, I want to bust a cap in that dwarf's ass. Boom, done. You know, uh, totally legit. I can see the merit in that. Um, I got nothing else. <laughs> Game Goblin, going back to my crypt. My last thoughts on this is... If you're going to use them, make sure you have the correct setting for it. Um, make sure that people understand what it's like and it doesn't end up like a game where everyone's superpower is gun and they decide to use them to try and access things, to utilize things. Use them for everything and keep pulling them out to threaten people when you're in-game trying to diplomatize and talk because they have no real concept of guns because they're idiots. So what you're saying, just, just a clarification here, is treat guns like lightsabers in the original trilogy for Star Wars. Not like glow bats that you used to Not like glow bats in the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Okay, fair. No, that, that's this my weapon advice. is your life. Do not lose it again. Uh, I, mean, I, mean, I just had to open my casket for one moment to ask that question. Yep. 2A, never going away. Only those who can understand Goblin will know.